I am Brooklyn-based psychotherapist Nikita Banks, and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is the podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. If you would like to reach out to us for feedback or show suggestions, show topics, please feel free to contact us at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to new or past episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. If you are having trouble listening to us on your preferred platform, or if you want us to be on a platform that we're not currently on, make sure that you send us a private message on our Instagram page at Black Therapist Podcast, or you can just drop us a message or send us an email at blacktherapistpodcast.com. If you want insider tips, resources, and access to our free mental health course, make sure that you text Get Happy to 66866. And my new book, Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy, is available right now on Amazon. You can go to our website or go to our Instagram pages and click the link and purchase because we want to help you get your relationships together for 2018 and beyond. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys, welcome to an oops, oops. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Okay, so we are at the end of the year. We have two more shows before this season is over. Shout out to you if you're looking at me on Instagram, TV, or YouTube. I actually made a video today. Hi. Hopefully my battery won't go dead on my um my phone. My dog is staring at me because I won't let him play. <laughs> because I'm trying to record. Oh, God. Okay. He wants to say hi. Yep. That's him growling. So, anyway, uh, there is this show. And there's one more show before the end of the year. So, I just really want to talk to you guys about friendships tonight. I'm in a funny place you guys know I have the book finding happy seven steps to relationships that will not steal your joy where I talk about how you can have proactive relationships and make proactive decisions in your relationships to minimize hey <laughs> minimize their impact on your mental health and make sure that you choose all your relationships or you make relationships decisions with two criteria that you are prioritizing your health and your happiness. And so I'm kind of in that place with one of my friendships. I have a friend. I love her dearly. Um, but I'm, I kind of feel like we've come to the end of the road in the friendship. And it's hard to let go. Like I, I've discussed this before. I've realized that I'm a hoarder, a little baby hoarder. My mother is a hoarder. My dad is a hoarder, um, was a hoarder. A uh, quick story about my dad, because it's easier for me to talk about him. I went to his house one day, because he's dead. Um, I went to his house one day, and I went in the cabinet, and he was like, well, hey, baby girl, if you need some uh, feminine products, I got a bunch in the closet and I'm looking at him like, why would you have a bunch of feminine products in the closet? And he's like, well, you know, if you build it, it'll come. 
So basically he had bought all of these like feminine hygiene products so that if he got a lady, she could stay over, I guess. I don't know. I ended up cleaning out the closet because I didn't feel like he needed it. And I'm not promoting him and um, getting relationships because nah, nah, be. So, um, and my mom, you know, my mother is the kind of person who, I don't know if I told this story on here before, but one Thanksgiving, I went to her house to spend the holiday. So myself and my son was there and she was like, you can come if you want, but you got to do the cooking. I'm not doing any of the cooking. Well, uh, she refused to let me do cooking the night before. Cause I like to cook my dinner on Wednesday for Thanksgiving uh, or started on Wednesday. Cause I like for, um, my macaroni and cheese to be congealed. I think macaroni and cheese needs to be served the day after. It's just kind of how I like it. It tastes better for me. Also, uh, I used to make my grandmama's ham and I like to have like, uh, I like to have the ham with breakfast. So you can have the ham with like eggs or whatever in the morning. And I usually make my collard greens the night before because those are like big ticket items. Right. And then I do my baking on the Thursday and make the turkey, etc. So, um, I had plans on cooking the night before, but she was like, no, I don't want anybody in my kitchen. I don't want you cooking, whatever. Okay. So the next day, which was Thanksgiving, I woke up super early and to go and cook. And she, you know, has a huge house, double stoves, stove didn't work. Stove didn't work. Uh, the microwave was, well, the microwave worked, but the stove didn't work. We're not microwaving a turkey, right? So I had a whole turkey, a whole ham. I had uh, collard greens, like everything that needed to be made stovetop, not stovetop. We couldn't make because stove wouldn't work, right? So my mother goes, I'm gonna be, I'll be right back. So I'm like, where the hell is she going? And what are we gonna do for Thanksgiving dinner? She went to her storage unit and came back with a whole stove. Like who, in, who, who the fuck has an extra stove? My mama has an extra stove. So I realized about myself and my sister, who <laughs> come throwing everybody under the bus, my mother, my father, and my sister, we are all hoarders, right? And I realized this about me as I start to clean out my house for the holidays. Every single year, I do a toy drive to a local domestic violence shelter, Food First, Inc., where I used to work. And um, so this year is no different. Last year, I was I was lucky enough to be able to buy all of the toys for everybody in the shelter outside of the toys that I raised in my office to um, make sure that each and every child in the shelter had toys. This year... I don't know about my finances to be able to do that. I mean, Toys R Us was going out of business. So I was getting toys for like 50 cents, a dollar, whatever. I was like going ape. So I still have some of those toys in here, which is, is leading to the clutter in my house, uh, adding to the clutter, clutter in my house. But um, I wanted to get rid of that stuff this year. So I know I'm going to give the rest of those toys to the shelter for this year, as well as um, I don't know why I went into that story. Oh, okay. As well as every year, I clean out my closet and I take all of my winter clothes and uh, clothes that I no longer wear and I donate that as well. So when I drop off the toys, I take clothing because a lot of these women and children, they leave with the clothes that they have on their backs. And so 
some of their favorite items they don't have in the work clothes, stuff like that. So the women really don't have a lot of clothes to go and find a job. So I donate some, a lot of my old clothes. And unfortunately I have clothes with tags on it. I have all kinds of things because I used to be a saleaholic. So if anything had a sale or if there was a sale, I would buy stuff. Saying all of that to say, not only do I collect things, I collect people. And so I realized that for me, my relationships are usually deeper on my end than it is on the other person's end. So what ends up happening is, is that I meet somebody, I love them dearly. I pour a lot of um, energy or time into the relationship and I, I, it doesn't become reciprocal. And so this is not, this is not that in a way, because this is a friend that I've had for at least 10 years now, I think. So it's 2018 to no, I say at least about 15 years. I've had this, this friendship and, um, you know, friendships evolve, they grow. And so I'm kind of sad that I feel like we've come to the point where I cannot take this relationship any further. I love her dearly. I want to see her succeed in life, but <clears throat> in terms of our dynamics, in terms of what we, we we each bring to the friendship, I realize that it's not a it's not a two way street. I'm in I'm I'm basically in this relationship by myself, and I have been in this relationship by myself for a really long time. But because she's my friend, you know, I I didn't want to let it go. And what I realized is that she's my friend only when she's not in a relationship. And she's my friend up until a certain point. Whereas I, I can share, she can share thoughts and dreams and hopes with me. The relationship kind of feels like a mutual uh, therapeutic relationship in that she tells me stuff about her family and what she's going through or whatever. But in terms of like our goals, direction in life, you know, what we want to do with ourselves, who we want to be when we get, get older, when we grow up, there's not a lot of growth in the, the conversation. If we're not talking about like reality TV, which I, I try not to watch a lot of, right. But if we're, we're not talking about like reality TV or, like pop culture, we don't really have a lot to talk about and there's not a lot in common. We used to go out more. We used to hang out more. We used to go and do things. We don't do any of that anymore. Um, and when she has a romantic relationship, I don't see her at all. I don't see her. I don't hear from her. If she's going through anything super duper major in her life, I don't see, see her. I don't hear from her. And my criteria of friendship is, is I need a friend to be a friend when I need a friend. I'm gonna say that again. I need a friend to be a friend when I need a friend. So if I'm going through something emotional or if I'm going through something in my life, I can't depend on her to be there for me because she may be speaking to me this week. She may not, she may not, she may be accessible this week. She may not, she can go months on end without answering her phone or, uh, calling me back. Um, there was a time in, 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 what was it last year or the year before a few years ago where we didn't speak for like 
almost a year. And I literally had to go to her house and be like, hey, knocking on the door. Like, what's going on? I haven't seen from seeing you. I haven't heard from you because I'm that I'm that bitch. Like if you if I love you, I love you. And if I don't love you, I'm indifferent. Like I don't I don't go from loving you or to hating you. I either love you or wouldn't pee on you if you weren't fire. Like those are only my two my two go to. And, you know, as it turns out, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. I can get very indifferent. I either love you and I don't I don't have to have a reason. I don't have to make an excuse up for why I love you. You don't have to deserve it. Cause I get God's love, which is his grace, and I don't deserve it. There's nothing I could possibly ever do to to convince God to love me based on my worth. And when I say my worth, not that I'm not worth it. I'm worth it because he, he loves us. Right. But there's nothing that I could do to be good enough, to be pious enough, to be, to be right enough, to be well enough to convince God to love me because I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. We're sinners. Like this is just who it is, how it is. Right. So I love people without having to have a reason, but I, that just because I love you doesn't mean I have to engage in the relationship and just because I love you it doesn't mean that I I don't have to put any requirements on you and there's been some really tough times that I've I've experienced and me being the one that other people come to with their problems I realized that I have to I have to be careful with the friendships that I engage in and I have to be careful with how I proceed with certain relationships so I'm in this place where I'm trying to decide whether or not I should continue this relationship. And I love her, so I don't know, but I don't know. Like, even this, like me having this discussion with you guys, like, you know, 30,000 of my closest friends. <laughs> um, I, she'll probably never hear this show because she doesn't support me in what I do. Um, when I wrote the book, there was a whole discussion about me talking about the book. I was telling her I wrote the book and I was getting the book edited. You know, I made a big sale of the book. Someone bought the book. It was a huge deal, yada, yada. And it was just like, well, damn, when are you going to give me the book? And I was like, do you support me or you don't? Because if you support me, you should be asking me how you're going to buy the book. I invested in making this book. This book wasn't free for me. It's not free for me to give you, even if I gave you an ebook, right? And so it came a time where I had to have people to read the book to like help me with with some errors, to let me know, you know, with some typos. And the people that actually did that were not the closest people to me. Was I recording this whole time? Because I don't even see anything now. Don't tell me I wasn't recording. Ciao. Okay, I was recording. The The phone just crashed and it stopped recording, so. Anyway. Uh, the people that edited the books weren't the closest people to me. It was like my homegirl and niece from, from junior high school other people that supported me was my homegirl Lenise from junior high school shout out to Lenise uh definitely Raven G. Holt who was a brand new friend 
Raven was the first person to read the book and give me her honest opinion on it. And my homegirl that never, ever has time, like she never, ever has time to do anything. But she really likes relationship books. So she read it. And that's Millicent. Um, and Lanice is a Smith and Millicent is a Smith. So both of the Smith girls read the book and they came back to me and they were able to help me edit it. Um, but I sent it to about 10 people that I know that, you know, that really support me and that love me dearly. And so when it came time for me to do the editing and she was like, well, you, you're letting people read the book, but you're not letting me read the book. And I'm like, well, I'm not giving people the book to read for recreation. I'm giving them the book to read so that they can support me in this process of helping me edit. And I'm like, unfortunately, cause I keep it real with my friends. I'm like, unfortunately I couldn't extend that to you because even though I know you have the time to read the book she was um convalescing from an operation and that's a whole nother thing like she had a bunch of health issues going on and she never even discussed them that's not true she discussed them with me but she was very vague about it so I didn't even really really know how to support her in what she was going through because it felt like she wasn't being super honest about what she was going through it was really strange and then um, like I told her, I didn't, the reason that I didn't give you the book is because I knew that I couldn't trust you to actually edit it and send it back to me in a timely fashion. And I'm sure that she probably felt a way about me being honest with it, but it was really, it wasn't like I was, why would I ask you to, to do something that's only going to put a frustration on the relationship? Like I would have easily given you the book if I thought that you would have edited it. Like the people that I asked to edit, they did, right? But you didn't. Not only did you did you not, but you wouldn't. And then, you know what I said? I said those three people, those three people were the most helpful. But I had a lot of other people that, that read the book too. And they at least gave me feedback. And they told me where I needed to make changes. She, would, she was not going to do any of those things. So for her to then be like, well, you giving everybody this book when you giving me a copy, you don't want me to read it. It was just like, no, but it's not one. It's not finished yet. Number two, you're not going to support me the way I need to be supported in this moment. And I can't ask you to show up for me in a way that I know you, you haven't shown up for me. And so that was a conversation and then when she had her her operation, it kind of made me like, well, damn, like I called and I checked in on her. I guess I could have visited. I say I guess, but I mean, but she really wasn't all that accessible to me for me to just kind of pop in. She didn't even tell me when she was having the operation. She didn't even tell me where it was going to be at. And so I, I really didn't know how to support her in those moments. And so what I deduced from after that, she had the operation. She was doing better. She was going out. She was, she was being out. She wasn't going out with me. She wasn't being out with me. And then I found out she was dating someone after that, like it's radio silence. And so I have a habit of, I think I ride my friends really hard when it comes to who they date or how they date. I'm very opinionated. I try not to be, but I am. Um, I'm also supportive. Like, I don't really care what you want to do. You want to be a hoe. You want to be free love. You want to 
be bi, you wanna be gay, you wanna do whatever you wanna do, whatever makes you happy. I may have questions, but I'm not, I don't think of myself as judgmental. Although I think that a lot of what, how I live my life comes across as, as a judgment. I think that when you live your life a certain way, if somebody is not secure in their position or where they are in life, they look at your decisions as a judgment against theirs. So like, if I'm in a conversation with somebody and not name dropping or not bragging, if I, if someone asked me what school my son went to or, um, how I picked his school or whatever, it it may seem like by me telling you that he went to one of the best schools in Brooklyn, I'm bragging, or I'm trying to like put myself up here and put you down there. Like I like that's never my intention. I don't, I don't, I don't ever do that. But I think it's important, and I'm just using that analogy, I think it's important for you to be proactive in everything you do. So I may tell you, okay, well, no, he didn't go to the neighborhood school because I picked his school, you know, for him. And I went on a school visit and I made, you know, I I made an effort to meet the principal. And like, I did these extra steps. That doesn't mean you got to do those extra steps. That's just what I'm telling you what's important to me. I think that when people do that, they tell you what they value. And so I have a way, I know that I have a way of highlighting the insecurities of other people if they're not securing themselves. And she and I had had a conversation about this and I was like, you know, I know that sometimes it could be very hard being a friend to me or me making new friends or me meeting new people because I, number one, I ask a lot of questions, but hello, I'm a social worker. Like I want to know what makes people tick. (laughs) This is just part of my personality, but it's who I've always been. Um, And so I told her this, I was like, you know, I know that sometimes it's difficult for, especially women who are not secure to have certain close relationships with me because I can highlight the insecurities in in women. And what she said to me was, if you, if you do that to people that can't be fun. And I was like, you're absolutely right. And she was like, but you know, she's like, do you do it on purpose? And I said, no, absolutely not. And she was like, okay, well, I'm telling you as somebody listening to what you're saying, she has great insight, um, which is why I love her and why we were great, good friends. But she's like, I'm telling you as somebody who has good insight, I mean, who, who, who is listening to what you're saying that that can't feel good. It can't feel good for you if you're you're doing it with the intention that you do it, but I can't control it because it's who I am. Um, and it can't feel good for the people who are around you. And I'm like, I understand that, but I can't control anybody else's security. I can't make you feel insecure. I can't make you, um, happy if you're not, I can't make you satisfied. I can't make anybody feel anything that they don't want to feel. I feel like that's an inside job, but I know that I have a habit of doing it. Well, what the, what she said was, was, was what she said, which was insightful is that if you feel like you're in a room where you're the brightest light, then you have to level up. And it made me think about whether or not I was holding on to the friendship because it was comfortable or if I needed to let it go or I needed to level up in the friendship. And so the fact that she and I had this conversation, it made me feel like 
this is why we friends, right? But at the same token, I also knew that there was a limitation to what our friendship had become. You know, we have three different types of relationships, and I talk about this in the book. We, um, relationships that we are in our, under obligation, which relationships we don't have choices in, which is our family, our friends, sometimes marriages if we're in it, right? But we can still leave them. Uh, relationships of our own choosing, which is marriage, jobs, you know, friendships, etc. And then, you know, relationships that are situational. And she was my work friend to begin with, right? So that's the situation, right? She was my work friend. She was my party friend. She was um, my girlfriend, right? And then we became a lot closer. And it became a friendship that I really didn't want to end. It was a friendship that I value. It's somebody that I spoke to every day. I have two friends that I speak to on, on about every single day. Not every day, every other day, or a few times a day. And so... She was a, she was a good friend to me, not my best friend, but definitely in the top five. But I do think that we have less in common and the things that we used to do, like recreational shopping. Oh, my God. We used to catch every sale, go buy every makeup tutorial, every makeup uh, set Mac sets, like <laughs> shoes galore, like all of the things that we used to do. We worked together, we shopped together, we hung out together, we went to dinner together, we went to lunch together. Like all of those things that we did, we don't do any of those things anymore. And so I'm definitely mourning the loss of the friendship. I'm definitely mourning the loss of the change in relationship status with us. I'm definitely struggling with whether or not I should keep this friendship or whether or not I should let it go. Um, we've had multiple conversations about it. She's super insightful. She usually apologizes. We, we usually apologize when we're in the wrong. Um, but a po- an apology is nothing if the behavior is the same. An apology doesn't matter if the behavior doesn't change if it doesn't improve a relationship it it feels bad if anybody in it isn't getting their needs met and so I feel like she doesn't really need my friendship because she's not overextending herself or even extending herself like I haven't spoken to her in at least a few weeks um and I've called several times and I haven't gotten a call back. But that's not a that's not a weird thing for this particular friendship. Like I ha- I'm friends with some of her former friends that she's no longer friends with. So it just it it just I'm sad. Like there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to to say it. I'm I'm sad. I'm sad. Um, I don't know if I'm going to end the friendship. I don't know if we're going to be able to come back from it this time or break again this time. I just know that, you know, it's the end of the year. The holidays this year have really hit me harder than any other year in particular. I don't know why. 
um, things with my family are funny. <laughs> They're just always weird. I, I come from a very strange family. So things with my family is really kind of uh, weird. And so I would have liked to be able to rely on my friends when it um when when things in other areas are not where they need to be. I don't want to cry because I'm actually on camera this time. But, you know, when things are not where they need to they they need to be or I'm a, I'm actually, you know, God is preparing me for what is to come next. And it's very scary when you're in a position to almost get the things that you say that you want. Right. Because you think you want success and you think you want fame and you think you want people to listen to you and you think you want to succeed. And then you start to get those things and those things, they, they come with positives, but they come with a lot of negative and baggage, too. So I'm you know, I talked about self-sabotage and, you know, that fear last week, but I'm st I'm still dealing with it. I'm still it's it's an everyday struggle for me. And so. It would have meant a lot for me to have my girlfriends to talk about these these feelings with. And I don't. And so, yeah, I have a partner. I have somebody that I could speak to about it. I, I have other friends that I could talk to about it. But, you know, if it if it took me 51 people to talk to and or 50 people to talk to and that 51st wasn't there for me to talk to, you know, I probably would still feel it if that makes any sense to you. So I don't know if this friendship is going to survive. I don't know if we're going to get past this. I don't know if getting past this is even necessary. Um, I, I don't know if we're just at a place where we've just grown out of each other's lives. I don't know. But I know that right now in in the, the, the moment that I'm in and how I'm feeling um doesn't feel good and so I'm I'm really struggling with making this decision or figuring out what I want to do I don't want to have a, a one-way friendship and I don't want to always feel like I'm putting more into it than I'm getting out of it so if that makes any sense um, I had no idea what I was going to talk about today. I, I had another friendship show, but that wasn't what it was about. But now my nose is running because my eyes are watering. But yeah, I mean, if you guys are struggling with this or, you know, it's the end of the year. A lot of people are reevaluating their relationships. Finding happy seven steps to relationships that will not steal your joy is a good book to help you do that. Even though it's kind of strange for me saying that because I'm sad right now. But you know, all things work, work for the good. I wish her luck and success and happiness. And sometimes, you know, some things have to end in order for something else to begin. You know, the last chapter in the book I talk about is letting go. Um, because not all friendships can be saved. Not all relationships can be saved. Not all relationships are meant to be saved. Some of them hamper your, your development. And so, 
I'm not sure if this is a friendship that she needs right now. She may, she may need something else that I'm not giving her. And I, who am I to say that I should hold on to her just because I want to hold on to her? Like, that's not, that's not fair either if it's not allowing her to develop into who's the person that she needs to be. So, yeah, that's where I am right now. We have one more show left for the, till the end of this, the year. <sighs> I'm taking two weeks off to fully enjoy my holiday season. My son will be home from school soon, so I'll be able to do the mommy thing and the whole uh, cooking slavery. I love to cook for for Christmas, so I'm going to do that whole thing. I may travel for the holidays. My family lives in Virginia, or my mom does. My sister lives in the DMV, so I may go and um, do that whole thing. I'm just trying to decide, um, but... Yeah, if anybody out there knows what I'm talking about, if anybody out there is struggling with their friendships, if anybody is reevaluating relationships for the end of the year, if you are lonely or uh, need some, some additional support throughout the holidays, you know, reach out. Reach out to me, reach out to your friends, reach out to your family and let them know exactly how you need to be supported. I'm going to call her this week won't be tomorrow but I'm gonna call her this week to at least have a conversation with her to see if we can meet up for lunch or, or dinner or whatever if she responds she responds then we could kind of talk and take it from there if she doesn't respond and she doesn't respond and she has every right to not respond she has every right to not engage with me if she's not ready she has every right to deal with whatever she's dealing with and you know I'm only taking this personal now because it's it, it's been a long time. Like this is like I said, this is not a not a four year friendship where I just met her. This is like a fifteen year friendship, and so there's been multiple conversations. There's been multiple times where we've discussed it and we've we've we hashed it and we've relitigated it. And I've told her what I need, and then she told me what she needed, and we had open dialogue. Like this is probably the most functional relationship I've had in a really long time. And that's probably why I don't want to let it go. But at the same token, like if it no longer serves the both of us and if my needs aren't being met and her needs aren't being met, it's okay for us to maybe decide that we just want to take a break or that we don't want to do it anymore. It's, oh, it's okay. Um, it will be sad. I will have to mourn um, the dream because I think that anybody who enters in a relationship with anybody, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship, we always have ideas of what we're going to do. She and I was planning a trip for my birthday next year. She was supposed to be tra- planning this whole elaborate trip. That's not going to happen now, probably. But, you know, just what I'm saying, like we all have ideas of what we want these relationships to be. And with these ideas comes these expectations and with these expectations come roles and responsibilities and if we're not clear on what they are and we're not transparent about that and we're not transparent about what we need and our communication is hampered there is going to be a time where there's going to be miscommunication but this relationship didn't have any of that like we were totally transparent I told her exactly what I needed from the friendship she told me exactly what she needed from the friendship and so I think if you've discussed it all out and you've done all you can, you've done all your work, 
The only other thing that I could think is that, you know, maybe she wasn't as transparent as I thought. Maybe she wasn't as honest as I thought, which is which is okay, because it happens sometimes. I think sometimes we ask people, you know, how do you need me to support you? And how would you like for me to show up for you? And, And what do you need from me? And sometimes people don't know how to answer that question. Right. Because usually they're not asked. Um. So I'm sure that there are things that I've I've not done in the friendship. I'm sure that there are other ways that I could have showed up for her or supported her in the relationship that I haven't. And um, I'm just going to continue to do my best to to try to nurture all the relationships that I have that I value. Um, and yeah, I'm going to give her a call this week. I'm going to give her a call. But if it has to end, it's nothing I can do about it. Uh, Because my relationships have to be two ways. I can't be the only one reaching out. I can't be the only one, you know, loving you and and pouring into you. Because if I do that, if you're you're the only one pouring from your cup into someone else's, eventually you're going to hit empty. And so, if this touched you in any kind of way, please make sure that you send me an email or shoot me a text. Sign up to our mailing list. Text get happy to 66866. Shout out to all my new followers. Finding Happy has its own page, Finding Happy 7. And as of today, we have over a thousand followers, which is amazing for me because I kind of grew that page almost in like a week. So we're going to see um, what happens. So I'm sharing a lot of inspiration on that page, relationship, love quotes, whatever. If you're following us at Miss N-I-K-I Banks um, on Instagram, that page has, I don't know, it has a lot of, I have a lot of followers now. Um, I feel like I, feel, I kind of figured this Instagram thing out, which is a good thing. So and I've gotten a lot of mail this week, so... If you've sent me an email or uh, DM me with your story, I will be sharing them, not via social media, but I'll definitely be sharing them on the show next week. And I want to thank all of you guys. I think we have about 50,000 listeners now. I think last week we had about, was it last week? Yeah, we're we're averaging about 15,000 downloads. 15,000, no. No. No, <laughs> 1,500 downloads a week for the shows, which I think is pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to grow the podcast more in 2019. I'm definitely going to try to, to grow the, um, grow our listeners more, generate some revenue. I'm going to handle my business in 2019 a little bit more than I've been doing this year, but you know, I, I I appreciate you guys so much. I put up a post that went viral this week. I feel like it went viral where I asked for uh, other therapists and people to tag people. First of all, shout out to you for like really responding. I feel like I need to shout out to you for responding and, um, you know, supporting me in that post. There were so many different people. My nose is naughty. There were so many different people that... Um, tag people if I haven't gotten back to you yet which I know that I haven't I will there were so many responses on that post I really did not expect that so in 2019 what we'll be doing is we'll be hitting everybody back we'll be letting you guys know that um I'm going to 
I'm going to be getting back to you guys ASAP. Um, ASAP is the wrong word. Next year, <laughs> once I figure out our production schedule, I will be sending everybody an email. The email we will have the um, submission schedule on it and the submission schedule will tell you how to apply to be on the podcast I have to figure out this the recording schedule in order to be able to give you guys an option on days and when to record so that's the only reason why I haven't done that yet but I'm so excited I cannot wait to be able to interview so many dope black um black therapists okay so this has been another episode of black therapist podcast thank you for listening be well thank you guys for listening to another episode of black therapist podcast once again you can follow us on all our social media sites at black therapist podcast on instagram and on twitter as well as black in therapy on facebook or you can follow your host me miss M-S-N-I-K-I Banks on Instagram and Twitter as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita N-I-K-I-T-A Banks.com and on the show's website BlackTherapistPodcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh, show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at BlackTherapistPodcast at gmail.com thank you be well